Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Charles Barkley was on First Take earlier today. It's always interesting when he goes on you know, ESPN. And one of the things that he said because that load management is becoming like a topic. As aren't the Grizzlies about to see the Lakers? Mm-hmm. And like, is that tomorrow? Yes. Jim. There's no chance that LeBron's playing in this game, right? It's like no prayer. Um, Charles Barkley said, "Wait a minute, you're going to make seventy million, and you can't play basketball three or four days a week. They fly private. They got the best medical stuff ever created. People working in the steel mill every day. I'm pretty sure they're tired too, but they go to work every day. That's what." Charles Barkley said about uh, about the NBA. Why not? It, you know, if I'm the NBA and load management is clearly like an issue, yeah. Why would I not just elongate the schedule to make it so? Hey, we don't have as many games in a week. If this is the problem, why not? You elongate know, the season's already too long as it is. How about I, shorten it? Well, okay. Go the other way. Well, you well you won't do that because. Um, so we've been talking about for years what it should be. They won't. Well, no. They won't. Well, they won't. You know, they don't want to miss out on the revenue. He's always going to take a little less, play fewer games. It'd be better for the their product. teams, their players, and the product. Right. I mean, don't you feel like because because the the NBA people that I'm following, you know, do not believe there's any prayer that LeBron's playing tomorrow. I don't know why he wouldn't. I thought he. I thought these were the 23 or whatever most important games of his career. Yeah, I, I don't know why he wouldn't. But, well, I don't know the nature of the injury at the end of the game last night either, so that's part of it. Yeah. But this isn't a deal where they can afford to coast, John. They're 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 they got to gear up. They're outside of the play-in right now, even though it's all tight and they can quickly get in. Yeah, like uh, one of my guys, Jay Money, who's an NBA handicapper, tweeted, "No shot, LeBron plays tomorrow, and the Grizzlies are already five and a half point favorites." So that would kind of tell you, right? Which is so like so sad, <laughs> you know, like. You're just never gonna like. LeBron, I feel like LeBron has not played in Memphis. No, he plays all. It's fine. We're past that now. Okay. He's, he's played plenty of times. All right, dude. Yeah, you'd you'd prefer to have him out there, but if you're just a fan of basketball, but he's played here enough that we don't have to cry about it. Well, so, yeah, that sounds like somebody that doesn't have tickets to the Lakers game tomorrow. I don't. No, I don't. Yeah. But I've got I've got pictures of LeBron on the floor when Chris was there two years ago. Like we've seen LeBron on the court in FedEx form. Nobody, nobody needs to well, cry. What about all those people that haven't seen him yet? What's crazy is, if you want to have this conversation the right way, is that LeBron James really is the standard for I will play. Look at Kawhi Leonard, who's played how many games this year? 30-something if we're lucky? 
And and we're talking about that's his way to get to a what a LeBron like level in terms of production. Like look at what you're what he's having to do just to quote unquote be there at the end. Whereas LeBron's the guy that for the most part forget the one or two row games he doesn't play in because he wants to say about he's the dude who plays. So I I'm, I'm not gonna get on LeBron for missing a game here at Memphis or whatever else. Mm. It's the it's the Kawhis who are less productive, got to play 40 games in a season to tell themselves so I can be at a LeBron-like level for the playoffs. And you got old boy, 38 years old, still doing it all the way through. Like, that's what's crazy is, is you know, everybody's load managing this is the way of the future. You see LeBron 20 years in the game, the guy for the most part has been out there. Like, forget all this. That 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 would be my argument against load management. Is we're seeing it from the from the greatest. He's doing it. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. For the most part, he. I mean, he was the gold standard, and it just it stinks that this is the way it goes. Kawhi's played in 36 games this year mm. to average 23 points and six rebounds. I guess the other night he went over 40. It was the first time in a long time. But this is what you have to do to get there. Mm. Like, give me a break. A choice between those two and who's the stud and who's not. Mm-hmm. Man, give me the dude that that plays. That's LeBron James. Yeah. All right, we'll, we'll come back with the uh, with Respect Burgers, and then Jason Fitz is going to join us. Jason and John, how do you turn to family? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. ESPN. Respect has been a theme on this show today. Talked a lot. A great deal about respect and disrespect. And what crosses those lines, John? That's right. But let me tell you something. Every Monday, there's one thing you can depend on. I'm going to come in here around this time, and I'm going to give you doses of respect in the form of burgers. Let's do it, Brad. Now, it's time for the Jason and John Show, Respect Burgers. 
sizzling respect burgers served hot and fresh from Jason and John. I cook them like I used to way back in the day on the porch at the old Memphis Country Club. Fat and hot. Doused with a lot of respect seasoning. And right now for the first one, we're going Grizzlies defense. It's back. We mentioned it in the first hour. Great win on Saturday. Just a real affirmation it was, it felt like. And you know what? This team, even without Steven Adams, capable of a lot. And we saw on Saturday capable of knocking off a contender that had been playing very well coming into that game. Saw it uh, early. A little bit of a stinky line on that one, John. Yeah. Did I identify it correctly? I think many had. It was easy to spot, wasn't it? Clearly Easy to smell. Yeah. Oh, were they three and a half? Grizzlies point favorites? Uh, three, three, I, and I two, had three, yeah, three, three and a half, three, yeah. somewhere in there. And it was like, whoa, this Grizzlies team that just blew a huge lead to Philadelphia against this Denver team that's been absolutely rolling. Well, they knew something, didn't they? Vegas did. And they were right. In this case, uh, it was never close for the most part after the Grizzlies outscored the Nuggets 28-20 in the first quarter. But it's the defensive side that I want to pay particularly close attention to here because now, last six games, of course, they're four and two in those six, but they've gotten back to being themselves, allowing just 105 points per game over those six. Keep in mind, the previous nine, before these last six, when they were one and eight, they've been giving up 117.3. So you're down 12.3 points from when you went eight of nine and losing eight of nine, that rough patch. You're back to what you're doing, and in doing so, they're back to number two overall and defensive rating for the season, allowing 109 and a half per 100 possessions. Uh, and it's only two-tenths of a point behind Milwaukee for number one. So what's back is the Grizzlies' defense, and they've done that without Steven Adams. Now, offensively, yes, that slide's continued. I think last I looked, they were 16th or so. Can't wait to have Steven Adams back, especially for what it could do for Ja in terms of reopening that lane again. Uh, but that said, they've been able to get back to Grizzlies basketball on the defensive end. Jaron Jackson's obviously a big part of that as well. But this is what you want to see, and to see it against a contender, yep. very important, especially after uh, you know after what you'd seen against you know Memphis and Western Conference teams this season. So it was good to see them get what I think. Uh, especially when you're talking about Western Conference wins, their best win of the year. Grizzlies held the Nuggets, we said, to 94 points, but also uh, uh, 40% from the field, a team that leads the league in field goal percentage and 29.7% from three. So they were fantastic defensively. Yes, role players play better at home, uh, and certainly they did. Tyus Jones, Luke Kennard, those guys hitting shots, what, uh, nine threes between just the two of them. But the one thing that has got to remain consistent for the Grizzlies, both on the road and at home, has got to be their defense, and hopefully it's back and back to stay. All right, moving down the list. Get a lot of love to Katrina Merriweather over at Memphis Women's Basketball, and we did it two weeks ago when we gave the Memphis Women's Basketball team a respect burger. We're going back because they have continued to remain hot, and we're giving this one specifically to Madison Griggs, the senior guard, the former Houston High standout, locally grown, homegrown, she scored a game and season-high 25 points in 43 minutes. If you have not seen the highlight of her shot against SMU to win the game, 30-footer, you should go check it out. It's all over Twitter. It's an unbelievable shot. Basically walked it off, made the game-winning 30-footer in overtime, gives the Memphis women a 69-68 win at SMU, where, as I pointed out in that first hour, SMU'd only lost one game at home all season. Yeah. Madison Griggs goes 7 of 13 from three in that game. The seven made threes. You know, she's a killer from three. We're a season high. She goes 9 of 18 overall from the floor. 
And uh, in that game, also, uh, Jameer Shoots gave you 18, and Monty Jefferson gave you 12. But this respect burger specifically for Griggs. You remember earlier this month, she became the 28th Memphis women's player to surpass 1,000 points. She did that in a road win at Tulsa. She did it fittingly with a three-pointer. She's averaging about 13 points, shooting 38% from three this season. Just been fantastic in her season, in her senior year. She's also now the program's all-time leader in career three-pointers with 260. She had 96 as a freshman. She's got 76 this season, so 20 away from breaking what would be uh, her career high in terms of seasonal threes. The Memphis women, take a step back. We'll say it again. 18-9 and nine overall. 10-4 and four in the AAC and in sole possession of second place. Uh, John mentioned this. It's their first 18-win season since 15-16. And the 10 road wins, you got to go all the way back to 1985 to find the last time Memphis women's basketball had 10 road wins. What Katrina Merriweather is doing is fantastic. She's doing it again, in this case, uh, with a Madison Griggs, uh, a stud in Madison Griggs who she inherited from the, uh, from the previous coach, obviously. Memphis is going to play its final regular season game on Wednesday. That's uh, March 1st against Tulane. That tip-off is 7 p.m. inside El Marone. Should be a pretty good one as they look to go into the conference tournament, man. Maybe looking to shake up the world. We looked at the last bracket uh, that ESPN did on Bracketology. They're certainly not the only one. Yep. They, they were not there in terms of uh, last teams out, those things. But I got to imagine, John, I mean, as, as hot as they are, you know, consideration for a second team out of the American, uh, maybe it's going to be there for them. Hopefully uh, it'll be, you know, this regular season streak that they're on to end the year here. We'll continue with a win against Tulane on Wednesday. Then you get hot going to that tournament. Who knows? Uh, I do fear, though, that the success so early for Katrina Merriweather uh, is going to lead some coach, some some AD, excuse me, some AD, some search firm to say, hey, why, why can't she do this here? Hopefully Memphis Absolutely. can keep her for as long as possible. But she's doing big things. Madison Griggs at the heart of it with a huge, huge game-winning three-pointer in overtime knockoff SMU down there. All right, moving on. You know, we won't talk about it much here. We mentioned it. But Dame Lillard last night, and I know it's against the Houston Rockets. I know it's Dame being Dame, taking a lot of threes. But you have to consider the history. No player this old has scored 71 points. Uh, he became the oldest player in NBA history with a 70-point game last night and the only player age 30 or older to do it. Uh, set the franchise and his career high, of course, with 71 points. It's 13 three-pointers. That's one off of the a record by Klay Thompson, who at 14 in the game. Uh, and, the yeah, the Trailblazers beat the Houston Rockets, but it's more of Damon Lillard becoming only the eighth player to score 70 points in NBA history. Remember that Donovan Mitchell uh, did this earlier this year, actually had 71 as well uh, for the Cleveland Cavaliers in a win over Chicago. But, again, Donovan Mitchell, Mitchell a much younger dude. Uh, Lillard's 13 three-pointers came on 22 attempts. Uh, and then 22 of 38 from the floor. Chauncey Bill Billups called it a masterpiece, an offensive masterpiece. He said it was a piece of art that was incredible. Uh, left the game with 44 seconds left. And, yeah, like we said, uh, tied with Mitchell, Elgin Baylor, David Robinson for the eighth most points scored in a game in NBA history. Obviously, Will holds the record at 100. A couple more notes. Sunday was Lillard's fifth career 60-point game. Breaks a tie for third most in NBA history. Only Wilt Chamberlain and Kobe Bryant have more. And then 15 games, he's got a 50 or more. That's sixth most in the NBA. And I fear 
I respect Dane. Here, here's another reason for a respect burger for Dane. Because I, I respect his loyalty, loyalty to his organization. That said, I think post-career, if it goes the way it's going right now, he is going to regret that loyalty. That he never sought to go win bigger. He is being wasted at the age of 32. This dude is still a stud and showed us all again last night. Uh, this one will be a little bit quicker because I didn't watch it. But Tommy Fury, thank you for handing Jake Paul his first loss. I don't doubt that it – I don't think this is going to kill the Jake Paul phenomenon. Sounds like they had a, they've got a rematch in their uh, – uh, there's a rematch clause in the contract, so they could be right back at it. But Jake Paul, this was bound to happen at some point as he moved up the ladder and started fighting. I guess, guys, that you can qualify as real bo- fighters, and Tommy Fury qualifies as that. He won on a uh, split decision – uh, actually, one one judge did have Jake Paul winning the fight set by, by a point, 75-74. The other two judges had it 76-73. So I do kind of wonder what that that one judge, because that is a little bit of a discrepancy here mm-hmm. between three-point win for Fury and then you've got it as a one-point win uh, for uh, for Jake Paul in this instance. But listen, I, I, I don't hate on Jake Paul, but I, I would imagine some of this has got to die down now that oh, he's got no he's doubt. got taken a loss. He was a favorite coming into this. Yeah, he was. He was a betting favorite yeah. going into the fight, and uh, it was enough to draw out. It was in Saudi Arabia, if you didn't know, by the way, and I wouldn't blame you if you didn't because that's where boxing is these days. But Kevin Hart was there. Cristiano Ronaldo was there. Mike Tyson was there. Deontay Wilder and, of course, uh, Fury's older brother, uh, 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 Tyson, uh, was ringside as well. So it brought out everybody. Yeah. Uh, no question about it. Jake Paul goes down for the first time uh, in a split decision. And finally, I'd be remiss if I didn't do it. Shout out and respect, Burger, to Briarcrest's third grade basketball team, the team that knocked us out of the playoffs. They were unbelievable on Saturday. I got to tip my cap to Briarcrest. They put New Hope and little CJ on out of the playoffs, ending their season with, I will say, a fantastic performance. Yeah. That team was passing the ball, whipping around, whipping that ball everywhere. Uh, and no shame in losing to a great Briarcrest team. So in the semifinals of our cross-check league, shout-out to Briarcrest third-grade squad. Absolutely. Moving on to Tuesday's championship. Yeah. And I was going to give a disrespect to the Jake Paul machine, so you already took care of that for me. So I appreciate that. Just efficiency on this show is what we do. That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll come back. Jason Fitz is going to join us. We'll talk to him about college basketball. NFL and more. Stick around. Jason and John, 90 Turn FM, ESPN. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. ESPN. Jason Fitz, the host of Fitz and Harry. Catch him all over ESPN XFL today. I saw him on over the weekend. Joins us every Monday, and he joins us now. Fitz, what's up, baby? 
Just living that dream. How y'all doing? All is good I in Memphis. Yeah, man. So let, let's start with the XFL. It is it is spring football. I saw you doing some work. I saw your man Harry Douglas was on scene there uh, with the Vegas Vipers. What is the measure of success for the XFL? What should it be? I mean, making it to a second season. Like, if we're just being real, I think for all these leagues, there's this this element of sustainability, you know, and it's something the USFL is going to deal with too. Like, when you start thinking about what the measure of success for this league is, uh, there's two things. One, you got to sustain. But two, we're seeing a, an interaction with the NFL that we've never seen before. And I've talked a lot to Dean Blandino, who's the head of rules innovation, dumbest name ever for the XFL. But uh, he made it clear that they've been in talks with the NFL from the outset on what they're doing rules-wise. So some of these things like, for example, having the opportunity to go for a fourth and 15 instead of an onside kick in your own territory, that's something that the NFL has explored multiple times but didn't want to take the plunge on. Well, now they've seen it and actually seen it help a team win a game. So, you know, those sorts of changes, the elimination of the extra point and instead the opportunity to go for one, two, or three after every touchdown, that's something that the NFL has talked quietly about. So, the XFL is, is not even being shy about the fact that they want to be a feeder league for the NFL in a way that helps rules be tested out. I think that's the other success for them, how much of this ends up in the NFL. Like, hey, guys, I think we could see some of these rule changes initiated as soon as this season if the NFL continues to like what they see. Speaking of the NFL, you've got the combine this week. Bryce Young's only going to do the interviews. He's going to wait till pro day to throw. If you are any organization, Bears included, if you're the Colts who might want to trade up and get him, is there anything you need to know, Fitzy, that you don't already that you can learn there in those interviews about Bryce Young? You know he's a winner, but are there still things you want to ask him? No, I mean, for me, this is so clear. We're making it so complicated. You either love Bryce Young or you're scared of his size. Right. And, and size isn't height, it's frame in this situation. I have one person that covers the – uh, Alabama that told me that at one point this year, Bryce Young was estimated to be around 165 pounds in the middle of the season. Now, he was taking hits from guys like Jalen Carter, right, and getting up from it. Can he do that week in and week out? He's been working with special nutritionists and trainers to try and get his weight up. I think at the Combine, he's going to weigh in a little heavier than most people think, so I think he's going to try and get himself into that 195 range, 200 range would be ideal, but he's just a small frame dude, so you know, you either love that, uh, you either have a problem with that or you don't. And if you don't have a problem with it, then he should be the number one pick overall in the draft, and there's not even a question about it. If you do have a problem with it, then you have to move past the prospect. I don't think the combine changes anything. I don't think the pro day is going to change anything. I also think that right now if I was a GM of a football team, if I, if I knew that I could get any level of protection for him on the offensive line, I would, without hesitation, take Bryce Young as the first overall pick. My partner is very excited because he knows he holds the keys as a Bears fan uh, to the NFL draft, and we saw the report from Shefty this morning. Um, and, and then the report, of course, is that the Bears are leaning toward moving the top pick. Is that the right move for the Bears? 100 times out of 100, especially depending on how far they're going to move down. But, you know, I've had a couple of insiders tell me Houston doesn't love any of these quarterbacks. That's interesting to me because if you're the Bears right now, you feel like you have a real opportunity to move down four or five. Uh, you can move down to six. You could trade with the Colts. You could trade with the Raiders. You could trade with the Panthers and still get yourself a top ten pick and a lot of uh, a lot of equity in return for it. So suddenly it becomes a real conversation about how far can you go down and still get yourself a Will Anderson or a Jalen Carter or you know, one of those defensive studs. The other thing with the Bears that we have to remember is that nobody in the NFL has more money to spend than Chicago does. So if Chicago wants to address the offensive line, which is also a smart thing to do, 
I think they could drop as far as 10 to 12 and still get there. So I don't even think it's just one move for the Bears. The Bears, if they're smart here, are looking to trade down a few times, get as much equity out of it as they possibly can, and just start acquiring players. Because I, I think they have their quarterback at Justin Fields. I don't think there's any question about that. So now go get him weapons, get an offensive line, spend that $90 million you got in cap money. The Bears should look wildly different next year and should be a team that can go from obviously having the first overall pick to being in, at least in the middle of the pack, if not competitive in their division. Now that he's out of the darkness retreat, what should Aaron Rodgers do? He should go back to Green Bay. I, I, I mean, I, I think that we make this so complicated, but realistically he knows Green Bay. Green Bay knows him. He knows the system. Uh, everybody knows, the, understands what it's like to deal with them you know you you think about all of the things that come with being Aaron Rodgers you also think about the control he has within the organization and of course importantly the contract I I just I think we've made the incredibly difficult to move off of contracts seem like it's funny money and it's not the cap hit for trading him before June 1st is just epic right so then you're going to wait till after June 1st to trade him that just feels weird for whatever organization he's going to so does he want to be back I, I don't know but does he have a lot of options to go somewhere else? I really don't think so. I, I think this is all going to turn out really boring, and Aaron Rodgers is going to end up back. Derek Carr's going to get overpaid, and that means Jimmy G's going to have a bunch of suitors that will pay him $35 million to go play quarterback, which is wild. You know, Fitz, I, I catch a lot of grief here on, on the show sometimes for talking about the Raiders, but we had an event last week at Topps Barbecue, legendary barbecue spot here in Memphis. And I can't tell you how many people came up to me and said how much they love the Raiders. And even a Cowboy fan encouraged me to keep talking about them because it was a nice reprieve from Cowboys and 49ers and Steelers talk in Memphis. So I am going to ask you a Raiders question for all those fans out there. Should they trade up to number one? Should they trade up to number four? Like, what do you think the Raiders should do there at seven and, and with what they have? Yeah, you got to trade up. I mean, 100% you have to trade up because you're not going to get one of the best quarterbacks at seven, I don't believe. And then the other side of it is, look, I've been really hard. I I got blown up on Twitter on Friday because I'm very hard on Anthony Richardson. I'm very hard on Will Levis. But I will say this. If any team, whether it's the Raiders, the Panthers, the Colts, if any team has identified one of these guys clear-cut as their number one, then you've got to trade all the way up to number one to get him because there are so many teams at the top that need a quarterback. You cannot afford to sit around and just hope that you're going to get the second guy on your list and then spend the rest of your career as a coach wondering why you didn't get the first guy. So if that first guy is Will Levis or Anthony Richardson, then go up to one and get him, even though I don't agree with that. If that first guy is C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, trade up to number one and get him. And when you're in a division, and I think this is something that you know a lot of teams are going to feel, but when you're in a division and a conference where you're competing against not only the best quarterback right now, but maybe the best quarterback of all time, you got to ask yourself if you're willing to be the Jets for the next 15 years and just get your butt kicked by one Tom Brady. You know, that's what's going to happen for Patrick Mahomes for the next 12 to 15 years. So if you're the Raiders, you got to be aggressive at some point. I, I think next year's quarterback class is better, but I also don't think that next year's quarterback class is going to be easy, easily attainable. So you're up this high. you got to swing at one of these guys if you love them. Let, let's say, uh, go with what you had, and Aaron goes back to Green Bay. Just in terms of what you've seen from both guys, you mentioned them. You said Carr's going to get overpaid. Got, Guy you would take first, set aside the Raiders, but if, you, if you're another organization that needs a quarterback, you want that free agent for you, or, or whether you're going to go get Garoppolo, which one of those two guys, the winner or the, the numbers guy? 
No, I'm taking Derek Carr because I've seen the best. If I have weapons in a defense, I'm taking Derek Carr. You know, so I think as long as if I'm going into a situation where Derek Carr is going to be asked to be a piece and not the piece, that I'm willing to give him whatever it takes. I don't think Derek Carr, he's like a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL. I'm not sure he necessarily makes everything around him suddenly championship level. But when everything around him is very good, he can take good and make it great. So I, I think Derek Carr can be absolutely a, a very good quarterback for the Jets. You know, I, I think Derek Carr can be a very good quarterback, even for a team like the Saints that does have some some options. Uh, I don't think Derek Carr makes the Panthers a playoff team. There's a difference there, right? Like, So it's just got to be the right situation for Derek Carr, but certainly none of these free agents to me resonate more than Carr. We are, of course, talking to Jason Fitz. Catch him on Fitz and Harry. Catch him all over ESPN Sports Center on Snapchat, XFL Today. The man truly does it all. Fitz, I, I don't know if you saw Deion Sanders' comments from over the weekend, but but, <laughs> yeah. but he is catching some grief. Basically, for those who missed it, he said uh, when it comes to a quarterback, they're looking for a guy with coming from a two-parent household with a 3.5 GPA. And when it comes to an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman, they want a guy who has a single mom, who's getting free lunch, who's trying to save mama and get mama out the hood why are those uh comments problematic from Dion? i think people don't people are uncomfortable with truth sometimes from coaches because i'll tell you the sentiments that he echoed are sentiments i've heard from other coaches in the past i, I think you know when you look at, at sort of situations and you look at what you're looking for for different players like it's not a popular or nice thing to say and we never want to live in a world where suddenly we're you know stereotyping any group based on any one thing but you know, how many times most coaches will come out and say, I want a defensive lineman with that dog in him, right? Well, what are they saying? They're saying they want somebody that has absolutely everything to fight for. And frankly, that's not just defensive lineman. I'll never forget the first time I talked to Mike Golick Jr., uh, offensive lineman at the time, when he was leaving Notre Dame and he went through draft coaching uh, from a coach. One of the things he was coached on at the Combine is when you were asked the question, what, what do you love other than football? What else are you into? The answer is nothing. I only love football and they they coached Mike on that because they didn't want anyone to perceive that Gojo wasn't all in on football when they knew he could just go into broadcasting and follow in his dad's footsteps so you think about like the things you're fighting when you walk into the room one of the things you're fighting is whatever the misconceptions are about you and then at some point you you've just got to look at what coaches are looking for and the concept of that that again I use air quotes that dog in him is somebody saying, I want somebody that absolutely has no alternative but to fight for their family and for their food and everything in front of them at positions that require that. And it's a awful, awful thing to say out loud, but there are plenty of coaches that share that sentiment. The difference between Dion and everybody else is my guy understands exactly where he is in life and does not care what any of us think about what he says. So he's just reflecting a level of honesty that, frankly, he's not reflecting anything that Bobby Bowden didn't say to him at Florida State, I'm sure, at some point. you know. So uh, it just speaks to the honesty of Dion, good or bad. Fitz, we haven't gotten a chance to talk to you about it, we've, but we've certainly talked a lot about it. What, just what have you thought of Nate Oates, Alabama's handling of Brandon Miller's involvement in that in that murder case i think all of this and, and that i'm glad you asked me about this because we haven't talked a ton about it and uh, this is where alabama fans constantly blow everybody up that says anything negative in a world uh where a kid can be sat down for missing a class or a kid can be sat down for you know having too many drinks a kid can be sat down for being late to practice kids can be sat down for anything especially when it's reflection of your university i think the, the most surprising part about this is that number one 
they weren't aware, as they adm- admitted, they weren't aware of some of the things that were a part of this until the testimony happened on the stand, which makes me ask the immediate question, what kind of investigation did Alabama do and how much information did they really want to know? Number two, from head coach to AD to the fans, to everybody else in the process, it feels like they have said the wrong thing at the wrong time every single step of the way there is a dead woman in this situation and we're sitting here trying to make this about something that it's not at the end of the day whatever has happened here what we haven't had is transparency from alabama on what their investigation process was on how they came to the decision to let him play and his teammate they haven't given us any transparency on what they knew when they knew and how they knew it and for anyone that says that well it's an open investigation and they can't Well, the less you give us information-wise, the more you open the door to being questioned about your entire process. You guys know I've been consistent about these things over the years and all my times talking to you, whether it's a coach, whether it's a player. You are reflective of the university that you wear in your chest at the college level. That's why I demand so much of coaches in general when they speak. I don't think Nate Oates has at all represented Alabama the right way. I don't think the way that they've handled this shows us any information that makes us feel comfortable in this situation. And I genuinely believe that if it was a lesser program or a team that was not having the year that they were having, they would not be playing it because it wouldn't be worth the scrutiny. But when you are on the doorstep of a possible national championship, you'll forgive all of that as long as you keep winning games. That's the reality of college sports. But if that's going to be the reality we have to accept, then let me be real about it when I speak about it. Um, real quick, while we're on the topic so, of college basketball, is there a team as we you know are about to move into the month of March that that you think you know can win the championship? It just feels like you know. Do we believe Houston can do it? Uh, I'm just curious. Is there a team you like right now? No, uh, and and the hardest part about the college basketball world this year is that it has been wildly inconsistent, not just team to team, uh, but game to game. And one thing that has has really hit me, you know, there there are certain conferences. Like I was watching the Big Ten all weekend. And I don't know that I've ever seen not just the the huge comeback for Iowa over Michigan State, but just the Big Ten's inability to find any offense anywhere, anytime is stunning to me. And then you've got the Big 12 where all of a sudden it feels like at times they're more worried about just beating each other up like it's a quasi-football game than trying to run any sort of an offense. So I don't see anything I love there. And then you've got Alabama running over an SEC that just doesn't feel that great to me. And everybody asking about Houston's level of competition. Like, I genuinely think the good of the sport this year is that we're this close to March Madness, and I have no idea who I should expect to win it all. The bad of the sport is that, you know, game day, instead of going to a great Pac-12 matchup this weekend, is going to a useless North Carolina-Duke matchup because we're still so beholden to particular brands that this year should be the year we're focused on how great college basketball is because there is more parity than ever, and instead we're still trying to find a way to shoehorn the two brands everybody's used to into it. I'm mad about that. Yeah, That's real. You're the best, Appreciate it, Fitz. Appreciate you as always. Have a great week. Thanks, man. Appreciate you guys. Have a great week. He is Jason Fitz. Catch him on Fitz and Harry. Catch him on XFL today sports center on snapchat did y'all boys not get the memo i do not stay at the intercontinental and anything i got is not a rental i own them all figure it out oh times barbecue is a best place to get some barbecue in memphis but that's not all they have they've got that fire braised chicken sandwich they got that smoked bologna sandwich now they have breakfast Brand new location right there on Hacks Cross, 4199 Hacks Cross. It is the best spot for lunch in Memphis. Get there today. It's the best spot for just about everything now. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. Because, again, if you haven't had that 
maple syrup infused waffle, you ain't living in Memphis, Tennessee. Get it on the way to work. Make it maple infused, put just the right amount of sugar on that thing so it doesn't get you messy on the way to work. They're thinking about you. And the food's outstanding, has been for 70 years. That's why it's Topps Barbecue 70 years. Yes, it's still smoking. Bill Street Music Fest lineup. Uh, Greta Van Fleet. Now you're familiar with them. I'm familiar with Greta Van Susteren. Glorilla. Okay. Big Glow. Okay. That'd be fun. He's on top of things. All right. It's not that bad, actually. Well, that bad. I'm sure we'll discuss it tomorrow. It's going to do it for us today. Thanks to Jason Pitts for joining us. Gina and Jeffrey up next. Don't miss it. For Jason, I'm John. We're gone. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.